Hi, welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So pull up a chair by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Kevin. I'm Roger. And I'm Joey. Hey, guys. Hi. How's it going? Very Very good. Really good. Good, good. How are you feeling, Roger? You sound sleepy. Oh, do I? I just woke up uh, from my afternoon constitutional. Oh, is that what they call naps? Afternoon (laughs) naps or constitutionals? It's either napping or pooping. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Both both of which apply. I'm pretty sure an afternoon poop is a continental. (laughs) It's also funny to think that I sound very tired because I just took my afternoon poop. (laughs) Oh, I took a lot out of you. (laughs) Just screaming and sweating. Poor guy. Um, what I wanted to start, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, I was thinking about music and stuff. Uh, what was your first concert experience you guys ever had? But Joey's is cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Well, I mean, I was just so different because all my friends were like into like um, garage pop punk and they had their own like uh, garage bands and stuff. And they were into like uh, Finch, but I, uh, I mean, a bunch of bands, but I, I didn't know that. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up with like like uh, EDM before we called it that. I was the weird kid. And so my first experience wasn't like a concert. It was just, you know, I went and saw a bunch of DJs. Like at a rave? Yeah, I would go, I, I would go to raves, but it wasn't like, uh, but I didn't like go to massives or anything unless I had a DJ specifically that we wanted to see. Like, and that wasn't until my early twenties. But when I was like eighteen or nineteen, I used to go to LA to go to this club called the Vanguard to see drum and bass DJs with my oldest brother, and that was cool because it was like a small venue, but you still kind of had that rave experience, which is kind of neat. And uh, <laughs> because. Uh, all uh, all the, the DJs that I would want to see, the ones that were famous in that scene, you could see them for super cheap because there was like one tiny place to go find them for like fifteen dollars. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Did you see like uh? Did you see like like DJ Big Balls? Did you see like uh, <laughs> I saw DJ Large Balls? Yeah, yeah DJ Slap Track. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw DJ Whack Track. Uh-huh. I think you guys are DJ, close, but you're not DJ really Corn on the top. scene, so. <laughs> I saw DJ Corn on the Job, so you hey, guys are very close. Yeah, so every I appreciate time we're trying. almost there. It's weird. Yeah, you're putting in an effort, and I like that. Thank you. Unlike my oh. dad. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Uh, what about you, Kevin? What's your music? Mine mine wasn't nearly as cool as Joey's. I went to, um, my friend just had extra tickets to a cake concert. Oh, oh that's fun. Cool. Short skirt, long yeah. jacket. What yeah, flavor? Exactly. Can, can you sing us some of it? <laughs> well, Roger already covered that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sh- short skirt, long jacket. Long jacket. Yeah. Just like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any impressions of it? Was it a good show? Were you in the front? Did you get in the mush pot? <laughs> yeah. An example goes, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. 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 That's a cake song, right? Oh, I don't know. It's not as good as uh, Roger's rendition. You want to sing that again for us, Roger? A short, short skirt, long jacket. Long jacket. Okay, yeah, man, that's good. you are <laughs> a wordsmith. Yeah, that's my you karaoke go-to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already um, married, Kevin, but thank you. <laughs> oh, I got it. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I was correct. I'll sing it for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
You won't admit you love me. And so, how am I ever to know? I'm pretty sure that's Michael Bublé. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, yeah, you're perhaps, cooler, man. Yeah. You got those golden pipes, man. Jeez. Thank you. So this is actually uh, it's a segue. Uh, we started off by doing a podcast, but I'm actually hoping that someone listening can catch my voice like uh, like internet sensation Corpse Husband and I could become a famous singer. what about you roger what was your first concert experience mine was uh well first i went to a k-rock weenie roast k-rock is like a famous yeah and they had this they were like a famous like alt rock radio station i think across the country right and they had kind of a concert they they called the weenie roast i saw a band called the aquabats we're talking about fifth wave ska last week their third Mm -hmm. wave ska and then and then that got me excited to see them for real so we went to uh first like real show was um the aquabats opening for blink 182 which yeah. was very cool like, very, very cool fun. in like 1997 i was gonna say yeah i like see the colors in my head yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say it was a little phony because i was there too it was like uh-huh. my first concert but yeah. um yeah Sorry, i guys had your first together uh-huh. Yeah, yep. so I just did my first in a lot of ways, Kevin. Yeah. They wore matching corduroy <laughs> jeans and a towel t-shirt. I probably was wearing corduroy <laughs> jeans. I mean, I wish I, I was probably wearing jinkos to be to be uh, honest. So, which is cool. Wow. I mean, that's the right yeah. way to go. They, think, the jinkos well, look fucking cool when you're skanking. You know? Hell yeah, man! Yeah. Like the flowing of the pants just yep. flying everywhere. Uh-huh. Did we have chains yet? You think? Like yeah. a wallet chain? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah wallet chain. Or you go. Oh, yeah. It was like early hot topic, and you go get orange or bright green one. I had, I'm sure I had a wallet chain and I'm sure I had a t-shirt that had some cool logo on it and then an opened button up shirt over the top of it with maybe like checkerboards on it or something. Mm-hmm. With yeah. maybe like Roscoe's chicken and waffles uh-huh. or some kind of flame design. Some yeah. flames. Yep. Mr. Yeah. Bubbles. A real Guy Fieri ass uh, yeah. look. <laughs> yeah. What's well, funny guys is your people, my people could go along really well. Dude, because we, we were all about like peace, love, unity, and respect mm-hmm. and being all upright and fun. But so ska. Yeah, but yeah. I was all about fucking shit up in the mush pot though. So mm. you know, we were we yeah. were angry, violent youth, and you guys yes. were just we like were so you guys angry were when plur, we stayed. You know, plur peace, my love, and unity. Up. <laughs> yeah. up baby pacifiers. <laughs> one of my most embarrassing moments was one time I jumped up on stage at a Bucko Nine, which is a ska band <laughs> concert, and I was skanking. And my friend was out on the stage, and he heard a girl next to me reply about me and say, "Is he drunk?" Get <laughs> <laughs> so, that poor man off the stage. Yeah, he's doing so much. <laughs> which is it's such a dorky dance in itself, but to know that somebody was out on the stage being like, "He's doing that really bad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as bad as it goes. Oh, so anyway, I wanted to go from this and specifically use my first concert experience to get into the topic that I wanted to talk about today. Blink One Eighty Two, specifically one of the members of Blink One Eighty Two, Tom DeLong, and whether or not he's crazy or whether or not he's told us about the reality of UFOs. Yeah. If that sounds like a crazy topic, it, it's insane. So yeah. hopefully you guys well, can... Specifically about Tom DeLonge's experience with aliens. Yes, and okay. how his experience with aliens might have unveiled the truth about UFOs. This is true. This is not a joke. Yes, this, yeah. is, this is like legitimate stuff, which it's crazy. So bear with me. Hopefully this all ties together. 
Um, it, it's it's going to be a journey. Okay, so just to give you a background of Blink-182, if you're not a cool pop-punk fan, uh, <laughs> founded in San Diego in California, uh, 1992. A lot of people attribute them as kind of like fashioning. I mean, because they were pretty much that, right? Like 90s pop-punk was more or less Blink-182, That's what right? I think of. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, what were the albums? Dude Ranch, Cheshire Cat. Like, everybody listened to it back then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was that was true for you too, Kevin. Right across the country, because yeah, you were still yeah. in Maryland at that time. They were big. They were in okay. all the movies and stuff. Yeah, like every so soundtrack. Spe- speaking of that too, uh, do you guys know where they filmed the video for Josie? I do know this. It is filmed at the at the high school that Joey, Brian, and I currently work at as teachers, which yeah. is very funny. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. our life is basically one long. Blink 182 video. It never Dude. ended. Yeah. I was having such a good time at the concert. I skanked all the way to my current career, and they were there. Yeah, they shaped um, your whole life. And there was a woman on the side of the road being like, "Who is, is he drunk?" Listen, um, <laughs> anyway. yeah, she yeah. is in that. Yeah, yeah. That is Anyways. funny. If you watch, watch this, or if you listen to this, and you're younger folk. You gotta watch the video because this is exactly what high school is like. Yeah, it it genuinely and so they play the roles of like adults playing the roles of teenage children, and I feel like that's what my career seems like. But the three of them are replaced with me, Roger and Joey. It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm Mark Hoppus. Yeah, I'm. I'm I guess I'm. I'm the drummer. Travis Barker. Yeah. Well, no, Travis Barker wasn't in yet. So you're the other guy. Yeah, I'm the other guy who gets booted. <laughs> Anyways, so okay, according to Alternative Press, they fashion pop punk. Uh, the three main members are, like we said, Mark Hoppus. He plays bass, which is true for you, Roger. Uh, Tom DeLong is guitar. Travis Barker plays drums. He joined the band in 1998. Trivia for you, Roger. He came from what band? Oh, the Aquabats. Yeah. And what was his name in the Aquabats? Do you remember? Oh, God. It's a trick. It's his same name. <laughs> no, Aquabats all have different names. And cool this was code like, names. This was like Crash, Crash Bandicoot, I think. Is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> My memory of 1987 is, is correct. I might correct. be wrong, but I could have sworn he was called Baron Von Tito. Oh, I think you're right, Baron Von Tito. That, that sounds, that I, sounds I think, familiar. Yeah. And if, you, if you're you know fans of ours, but also fans of Baron Von Tito, and I got it wrong, uh, I apologize. But that's what I think he was called. Uh, because they toured with Blink-182, he joins the band. He, get, he gets there in 98. He's still technically a current member. Um, but there was some, you know, trouble in paradise as they went into the 21st century. And they broke up in 2005. Oh, no. And pretty much it only came back together. And I totally forgot about this before I started doing research. Did you guys remember that Tra- Travis Barker got in that crazy plane crash? No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It was like big news. So he was on a small private jet. Was, was he flying uh, no, he was in it. Okay. He was playing the drums. Uh, yeah, he was just like doing a cool beat in the back. There were six people all together. Four of them died. Him and one other person survived. He was super messed up. I think he had to have like 10 to 15 surgeries. And the other guy wasn't too messed up, but he had such bad PTSD, he died of a drug overdose. So Travis Barker oh, was the wow. only person to come out of that plane crash. Apparently, he had so many... Uh, so much of his body was covered with third degree burns like Mark Hoppus rushed to the hospital Tom DeLong ended up showing up and they basically like rekindled their friendship in the Over band that tragedy and, huh that's crazy yeah, so, so then they they kind of were in a band again um, till like 2000 
14, I think. He's like, you know, doing tours here and there, doing stuff. And, you know, there was always some tension between, like, it seemed like Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker were a little group. And then Tom DeLonge was just kind of doing what he was going to do. Um, and so that then forwards us to 2014, 2015. They're set to play a festival. They're finalizing uh, a record deal on Christmas Eve to put out a new album. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, very, very nice Christmas Eve. Uh, January 5th, they were set to go into the recording studio when Mark Hoppus receives an email from Tom DeLonge's manager with the words, quote, Tom, period, is, period, out, period. Ooh, and yeah, basically dramatic. it gets yeah, super dramatic. Emails going back and forth. Apparently, Barker, uh, Travis Barker and uh, Mark Hopp is super pissed because, like, Tom DeLonge didn't even have the courage to just, like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. It's weird because those dudes have been, they were friends from when they were, like, teens, probably. Yeah. Mark Hopp and, and Tom DeLonge. It's not like, like they're just co workers in a band. They're, like, exactly. personal friends. Man, that's cold. Super Fuck weird Tom and super DeLong, cold. Man. Dude, Mark Hoppus was like super pissed. They do an interview, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, where they're super pissed. I got this quote from uh, Travis Barker who says about like the whole breakup, quote, it's just funny to me. I think he's just in shock that he's finally been exposed talking about Tom DeLonge uh, because Tom DeLonge denies all of this. He's like, I never left the band. They they kicked me out. Mm. So, quote, uh, the truth is out. I just oh, don't think he knows how to deal with there. it. So he says, I didn't quit the band. I'm so I'm still booking, uh, still booking Blink shows as we speak. You're not the booking agent. We all know that's a lie. You don't want to twist any grown man's arm to pl- do anything he doesn't want to do, but step up to the plate and say, yeah, I don't want to play with those guys anymore. So, Travis Barker, Mark Hoppus, pretty pissed. They replace him with this new guy, Blink-182, still making albums, moving on, doing all this. Pretty angry about the whole thing. So there's new Blink-182 music without yeah. Tom DeLonge? I actually was listening to it yesterday while I was like prepping to get into the mood. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's genuinely what you would expect. Uh, you know, from uh, it's, from pop punkers after their prime, and now yeah. that they're like in their mid forties. Yeah, I <laughs> so listen to it. And I'm sad. like, I'm a little, I'm you know, <laughs> you're a little embarrassed, but you're like, this is still, you know, what they were doing. It's not, yeah. it's not bad. It's like watching an Adam Sandler movie, and you're like, <laughs> I know this isn't funny, but I'm going to still watch Grown Ups Three. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Grown Ups that are a little out of touch, I want to jump back a minute, and this is a small detail, but I want to point it out for the audience. Okay. Brian was talking about the the famous rock magazine Rolling Stone. You refer to it as Rolling Stones. And, oh, uh, the band. And, yeah, you look like a big old out of touch. Uh, <laughs> like Tom real, real, real boomer over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry to call you out, you but I had to put you on Tom blast. The wrong. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good pun. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay, carry, carry on. That's I, all I, I wanted can to continue again? Yeah. Okay, I want one more, Joey. Uh, you must be your mind must be on vacation because you're wearing a Tom Sarong. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Tom Hong Kong. Uh, uh, cool. Very cultural. Thank I, you. I wish you would stop talking. Well, I, let me try this again. <laughs> I'm tired stop of listening to you, around, Mr. I wish Tom you would mark Stopper. <laughs> Tom, Tom <laughs> Mahjong. <laughs> okay, now go ahead. That's it. <laughs> That was a mess. From Tom DeLonge's perspective, he also does an interview in Rolling Stone magazine um, where he basically explains that that he was blind. Yeah, yeah. They have like hit songs. Uh, How does it go, Roger? Sing it for me. What? A Rolling Stone Uh, song? Yeah, Rolling Stone song. Uh, Long skirt, short short jacket, right? Yeah, I'm more of an Aerosmith guy. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) 
So he claims he was blindsided by being kicked out. He was like, hey, I was working on the band. Uh, he was said he was working with Marvel Studios on a theatrical project that would inv- involve Blink-182. What? He said he was negotiating a new contract for the band. He said he was actually writing a series of nine novels, and he was deep <laughs> into the first one. And then he says so this, quote, I couldn't tell the band I was working with the people in the government. That's another big part of the story. People think I want to just put out an all, a novel and make a movie. I have 10 people that I'm working with that are in the highest levels of the Department of Defense and NASA and the military. Big shit. Nobody knows this. I'm doing all this stuff already. Huh. Which is the first real moment where people are like, what the fuck? Like, this, what are you is, talking this is, about? This is in 2015? So this is in 2015. Jesus. And he's like, I couldn't tell the guys... This is one of the big reasons I have my focus somewhere else. Wow. He's like the sidekick that got caught up in some shit in like an action movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. like a regular yeah. dude who's like mm-hmm. not good at it, but he's uh-huh. in it. So dude, he's the now he's an FBI, FBI agent and he has yeah. to like make it work. Yeah. Uh, so to go with that anchor of that statement of Tom DeLonge being like, what are you talking about, Tom? I want to do a little bit of background on Tom DeLonge so we kind of understand him a little bit more now that we kind of covered the band. In 1999, uh, we see his obsession with aliens kind of come out with the band, uh, with their third studio album, Enema of the State. Uh, he <laughs> put out a song called uh, Aliens Exist. Some of the lyrics of that song are, and I think it really applies to what we were just talking about. Uh, what if people knew that these were real? I'd leave my closet door open all night. I know the CIA was would say what you hear is all hearsay i wish someone would tell me what was right i'm still a skeptic yes you know me been best friends and will be till we die i got an injection of fear from the abduction my best friends think i'm just telling lies all right so which wait, is, he, he was, was he abducted? abducted i guess well i mean That's i think got there's mixed some up in it yeah, yeah. i mean well, okay. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is is i don't think he thinks he was abducted but in February of 2015, he yeah, was an interview with another magazine, uh, kind of music interview called Paper Mag, where he claims he was camping at a secret base on the flight path to Area 51. He was instructed by the people that he was with that by shutting down his mind and projecting his thoughts, he could have extraterrestrial communication. He claims that he woke up at 3 a.m., and this is his quote, My whole body felt like it had static electricity. It sounded like there were about 20 people there talking, and instantly my mind goes, Okay, they're at our campsite. They're not here to hurt us. They're talking about shit, but I can't make out what they're saying, but they're working on something. Huh. What? (laughs) So he, like, astral projected into Area 51. that's, That's his claim. So I don't know if he believes he was abducted per se, if he was just like taking license with his alien lyrics. But by 2015, he's, he, he's he really does. It, huh? He's he's deep, deep into some stuff. And this is getting right back around the time where he's going to go ahead and quit Blink-182 and start doing his stuff where he claims he's, you know, deep in there with the, with the aliens and the government. Can I get a feel right now from you guys? Do you at this point in the story feel like he is just losing his mind 
Yes, Once you give absolutely. him some kind of credit that, like, maybe something is happening. Yeah, it's important. This feels exactly the same as if you ask me if God's real. I'd be like, absolutely not, but also maybe so. <laughs> but also, yes, good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. Uh, what about you, Roger? Crazy? Just crazy. Just crazy. And for some reason, if this was about ghosts, I would say maybe. But it's because uh-huh. it's about aliens, and I'm like, you're you not, fucking you're an idiot. Nut. Yeah, you <laughs> stupid fucker. <laughs> well, I know that, I know that's dumb because aliens for sure are real and ghosts are for sure not. Yeah, right. for some <laughs> reason, yeah. for some reason, I give ghost sightings more credit than alien sightings. Man, Roger, you're fat. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Is the band breaking up? I'm sorry, Kevin. I feel yeah, just no, like Tom DeLonge right now. <laughs> Under, Roger, period, is period, out, period. He's going to get really into ghosts. This is when it started. <laughs> but man, if this pans out in about 15 years and Roger like blows up the top the off of world. the ghost yep. industry, um, uh, that would be huge. I'm working with Congress right now <laughs> to let the truth out about ghosts. Was that you down at Congress today, Roger? <laughs> yeah, just storming the Capitol <laughs> I was chanting, you release know. the records on ghosts, but nobody, nobody was listening. Uh, is that what you thought everybody else was there for? Yeah. <laughs> Roger was so confused as to why there were so many supporters supporters for his cause <laughs> like, this is yeah, great I was, I was gonna go on twitter today for the first time uh-huh. since like for like forever because that'd be really funny to use it because i haven't used it in, in in forever but my plan was to go on and say hey everyone <laughs> it stinks. i think yeah. that'd be really funny but i'm really glad i did it because of all the real bad shit yeah. that's happening yeah. now like dumb shit <laughs> Oh man, I gotta say, I was like putting together this episode, like getting it all written up, and it was the hardest thing I had to do, I think, in the last year of my life, because I'm like, why am I writing about Tom DeLonge and his like Area 51 excursions? Wow, our country's democracy is crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I might be watching a coup attempt, but yeah. you know, yeah, Tom whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling this. Um, so, um, Anyways, back to the story. 2015, same time that he leaves the band, uh, he makes his company. It's called To The Stars. It is an entertainment media company that makes fictional stories of sci-fi alien UFO origin. But he claims that are based on real intelligence and real research. So it's all made up i guess but based off of stuff that he's like but is real it's like a dramatized version of real events is that the idea okay and where that really kind of takes off is april 2016 his first book uh secret with a k machines book number one chasing shadows is released (laughs) uh some like dorky ass like young adult (laughs) it's i mean if you looked at the covers of the art it's so dorky looking (laughs) it's it's very embarrassing but the book itself dives deep into the u.s U.S. Department of Defense, known as the DOD, um, and he has a quote about it where he refers to himself in his third person, so Tom. Uh, he says, this is not just Tom talking about UFOs again. I think that it's a heroic story, and it's an important topic that we're still dealing with today. And when I got to that point of the research, I was like, oh, come on. Like, this guy is nuts. Tom, come on. Yeah, come on, exactly. I I was right there with Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker. I mean, like, this guy's nuts. He doesn't know what he wants. He's just kind of having maybe like a midlife crisis. And that's where, like, it, 
where it genuinely gets crazy, to me at least, because it starts to get legitimate. Okay, so when the world finds out that Tom DeLonge might not be insane is October 2016. Do you guys remember when WikiLeaks leaked Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign emails in 2016? And it was a big deal because it showed that the DNC was favoring her over her uh, primary contender, Bernie Sanders. It was a huge scandal. Yeah, all this other crazy stuff. And lesser known in those emails is her chief campaign chair, John Podesta, is sending multiple emails back and forth no way. with Tom DeLonge. What? That's real? And, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so this comes out at WikiLeaks, and it isn't John Podesta telling Tom DeLonge, like, you got to learn about aliens. It's Tom DeLonge telling, Tom, uh, sorry, sorry, telling John Podesta, we need to get in contact. I'm already in the upper echelons of the military and the government. And when your candidate potentially wins, we need to work on better U.S. government disclosure of classified So that's material. not just like irresponsible, crazy bullshit. That's like him trying to fill in the what everyone assumed would be the next president so they can step right in. 100%. Wow, that's crazy. Exactly. And, he, and, and so you look at this and you're like, wait, 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 wait. This is like a legitimate governmental email of a man trying to make legitimate connections at the highest echelons of what he perceived would be of the government, the president, Hillary Clinton, going through her campaign chair. And everybody looks at this and they're like, what the hell is this? Like, this is now exposed. So Tom DeLong basically comes out and he says, look, I was told that I could do stuff with the government and he was like, I don't really necessarily understand. He kind of explains it like I knew how to talk the talk. I knew what I was doing. And they basically just told me, just don't give any names. Like names of aliens? Like Zborg? No, names of the <laughs> yeah, no, names of the government officials who are feeding him this information. <laughs> yeah, you know, Roger, you can't say Zbor anymore. Sorry, <laughs> it's, sorry. It's the 21st century, you racist. Species. <laughs> hey, hey, just 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 consider our comments, Tom withdrawn. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That comes out. He also says, look, uh, to John Podesta, one of it refers to, quote, um, I want to get you in hold with two officials, quote, who were in charge of the most fragile divisions as it relates to classified science and DOD topics. So, okay, now it's like, well, maybe like Hmm. maybe he is because it's not just him like sending an email that looks crazy. It's back and forth conversation. Then in 2017. To the Stars, his company, that's a media entertainment company, is acquired by a new company that will be called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. The person in charge of this is Jim Semivon, who is a former senior intelligence officer with the CIA. Wow. It is also owned by Harold E. Putoff, Putoff. who's a parapsychologist and engineer and a professor at Stanford University. And the third owner, Tom DeLong. Man, that knocks so, that knocks my poots off. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> totally. <laughs> so now it's like, okay, well, what is this? Is still like an entertainment thing? And then also in the year of 2017, to the stars, Academies of Arts and Sciences releases three pieces of footage, all claiming that these are coming from declassified 
naval uh, footage from fighter jets responding to potential UFO realities, and they show these pilots with their, you know, the, the, the heads-up displays mm-hmm. uh, in infrared and visual, seeing things that they don't understand, acting and reacting in ways that shouldn't be possible based off of aerodynamics that we know, at which point these pilots are freaking out. You can hear the audio, and they're like, what is this? How is it doing that? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When this, I'm sorry, when this comes out, does the military confirm that it's real, or are they saying that it's it's a hoax? Do they have an so official statement? That's the thing. From 2017 to 2019, it just kind of hangs in the air, and everyone's like, well, you know, this, this is a weird thing that Tom DeLong is putting this out, <laughs> but maybe... 2019 in September, the Navy confirms that all three of those videos are real. April 2020, the Pentagon comes out with an official release, officially releasing those three videos and being like, thanks to to the stars for putting this out here. Uh, We'll go ahead and officially put it out. These are real. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, where that stands, though, is that it's not it's they're they're real videos of unexplained objects in the sky, but not I mean, the the military is not saying we have contacted aliens. Right. They're just like, we don't know what these are. They're verifying the videos. Okay. For for, for us, uh, an unidentified flying object doesn't mean aliens necessarily. It just means we don't know what it is. Exactly. It'd be like a weird looking cloud. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody's avoiding talking about aliens because that's just like, well, that's crazy, you know. Yeah. But but it's it's there. So let me tell you a little bit about these videos, so we have a sense of like what they are. Um, so one of them is released in 2004. The other one come from 2015. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the 2004 one because it's a little bit more interesting so let me just tell you about the 2015 one uh there were navy fighter jets off the coast of florida uh these two videos are called uh the gimbal video and the go fast video where they basically have this object that's either like a little light orb or a little white thing that kind of looks like a tic tac which is what they kind of refer to it as it's it's called tic tac brian you're such a boomer man jeez (laughs) (laughs) anyways so they're looking at these tic tocs and um these you could see them and they're flying in ways that shouldn't they should have heat signatures because to fly that fast they should have like a plume of heat like coming off of them. Engines. They have nothing of the sort. Huh. Uh they're pulling G's that would crush human beings. They're doing all this stuff, and you can hear the pilots being d- discussing with their wingmen, what is this? How you know what what's going on? And they genuinely don't really seem to know. So those are the other two. This is a, I have a question that maybe you don't know the answer to. Sure. Could could the pilots see them with their own eyes or were they just artifacts okay. on their on their heads up displays? It's uh, infrared, right? Well, there's there's visual heads up display, there's an infrared heads up display, but in this 2004 one there is a pilot. Uh, I believe his name is Captain Flavor. <laughs> no, goes... you're making that up. You just ruined all your credibility. Oh <laughs> uh, man, what I've done this research, I didn't even think that that sounded weird. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Mm, Tom DeLong, John Podesta. While you're looking that up, just as a, a funny coincidence. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, uh, here's a, a, a small group meeting. Uh, hi, hi guys. I'm Joey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, hey, Joey. So, by uh, complete coincidence, so sometimes I like to watch uh, like, like creepy, weird, uh, paranormal kind of videos on the internet, mm-hmm. and uh, I I 
I watched several UFO videos this week, and I totally saw oh, a really? Tic Tac video. Yeah. It looks exactly like a Tic Tac. It's just a it big totally, Tic Tac. It genuinely looks like a Tic Tac. Yeah. And I gotta, I have bad news, guys. What's his name? It's Captain, it's Captain Fravor. Fravor. Oh. Okay, okay. It's not, Close it's, enough. It's not nearly as cool yeah. as Captain Flavor. Uh, does any of us have a child? Because then we could just ask and he'd be like, oh, it's just Captain Flavor. Captain Flavor. Ca- ca- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll have a child just so that can happen. Um, so the third video, the first one technically in chronological order, comes pl- uh, place in November 2004. It's the FLIR video. I don't know if it's pronounced Fleer or whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, it's off the coast, which is funny because it actually ties back. It's off the coast of San Diego, which is very blinkly. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe they were just going to visit Tom DeLong. Maybe. Maybe he's. Maybe they're huge fans of his music. By their old buddy's house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is also called the Nimitz incident. So the Nimitz is the aircraft carrier. It was running exercises in 2004 off the coast of San Diego. And. There is this ship called the USS Princeton, and the USS Princeton is what we call an Aegis cruiser, and AEGIS is an acronym for some kind of crazy radar that we have on it, and that's how we spot these things. So the radar tech on that ship, the USS Princeton, is getting multiple hits on radar with this advanced radar of these tic-tac-y things, and he says he sees in the course of a week when this all happens over a 100 Wow. And he mm. says they're all moving south, and they all go towards this one position of latitude and longitude, which is uh, Guadalupe Island down off the coast of Mexico. It's part of Mexico. Um, blah, 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 blah. That's uh, – I, I don't know if it's neither here nor there. Uh, a lot of people say that these things like to go over military targets, which might lead to them being other countries' technology or whatever. Uh, like reconnaissance planes from yeah, some other country? so it might not be aliens at all. But it could be, who knows. Anyways, so he gets a bunch of these hits. He gets enough of them that he talks to his commander and he says, we should get a visual on one of these. So the commander of the aircraft carrier says, that's fine. So they send out a wing, which is two pilots. Uh, they go out um, to see this and they get it on, you know, the their heads up display and they see it. And one pilot goes up high and is just kind of orbiting above this thing. And this other pilot, uh, commander or Captain Flavor, not Flavor, Flavor, uh, <laughs> decides to like go in and get a visual. And this is where it gets super weird. So he's going in and he can actually see it with his own eyes. And he sees it drop from 28,000 feet to the surface of the ocean in like they say in less than a second which technically would pull like 30 G's, which would like crush a human being. So they're like, well, how is that possible? At the same time, there is a sonar in a uh, nuclear sub that's also part of that naval training exercise. And then they get word of this, this contact in the water. So they also claim that they got sonar hits on this thing going 70 knots across the ocean in the water. Huh. Then it comes back up, apparently, and flies right past Captain Fravor's ship, and he sees it. And he's like, it literally looked like a giant 40-foot-long Tic Tac flew right by my ship. Uh, very, very close. I saw it. Mm. And at that point in time, this isn't an isolated incident. You have two radar techs in the Princeton. 
sonar techs in a nuclear sub and four pilots when it's all said because the people who actually take the footage of that tic tac is the second wing of pilots that are sent to get it on their radar so i mean there's no way it's like a an instrument malfunction or anything there's too many people that are verifying it. it's a real thing it it conclusively shows that it is a unidentified flying object can i try now, to what that means is, is totally something else, but yeah. Can I try to ruin the mystery? Is it just a drone? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like it could just be a drone, right? And it, it totally possibly could be because in the go fast one, one of the pilots keeps telling the other pilot, it's just a drone, dude. It's just a drone. But if you watch the videos, I mean, it totally could be. But the the ability for it to move and how it moves is, is very impressive. So... There are suggestions that it, this is just our technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is other countries' technology. Um, this could be um, a disinformation campaign. The more I was looking into it is Tom DeLong could actually be, be utilized by the U.S. government to put out information to like that muddy they the waters oh. to, to make it and discredit the whole issue to kind of – take the pressure off of the actual secrecy of the things that they're trying to do. Like releasing a lot of phony conspiracy theories to cover up the real truth. Right. And there are a lot of journalists who are like, that's what we think Tom DeLong is because he's well-meaning. He, he believes he's doing this, but at the very least, whatever it is, and, and it's no real closer to being like, Oh, this is definitely aliens. Uh, it is something. And I, I feel like for me, at least when I saw this, I was like, Oh, definitively UFOs, are real yeah whatever that might be and they very the most rational is that they're man-made but what it does prove is that some country at the very least or some other force it might be ours has crazy technology that we don't know about huh yeah um which is super weird i'm on board for all this i don't know what the (laughs) answer is but i just love all of it and (laughs) want to be that guy (laughs) And, and uh, hey, government, if you want me to be your father, You just want to hang out with Tom DeLong. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I just want to be a part yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, how, about, how about Roger, Kevin, do you, are you convinced? No, and I feel bad for being cynical about it, but I feel like that's clearly a drone. Because if you see the way drones move, they can pull crazy Gs because there's no human on board. And they, and they don't fly like traditional technology that we have. Um, mm-hmm. There might not be a heat signature because it's like a copter-based system. Not that I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm no aeronaut. But I assume that that could explain all of it. And it makes sense to me that the government would be like, "Let's uh, this Tom DeLong guy is famous enough that people will listen to him. And he also is kind of seems like a little bit of a fringe guy. Let's just use him to, you know, muddy the waters, which makes me feel bad for Tom DeLong. But it really doesn't seem like aliens to me. So do you think that the government manufactured this UFO and muddied the waters with Tom DeLong? No, I think it's I think it's American technology or maybe another country that is, you know, using for reconnaissance and, and the US knows about it. I think that probably the US doesn't want that information out but they knew it'd be impossible to keep it secret because it is so public so like well let's make it seem like a ridiculous conspiracy theory let's get the guy from blink 182 a teenage pop punk band that nobody thinks is a credible source to become the expert of it let's pull him into the top echelons of of the government there's no other explanation about how tom DeLong would be so involved you know it seems like a purposeful decision to choose somebody that's a little bit of a fringe and make them the expert to discredit the whole thing 
he he talks the talk. And I guess one last thing to say, um, the History Channel started a reality TV show following to the stars the Academy of the Sciences and their investigations into this. There's two seasons of it. The guy who leads the investigations is uh, Lou Elizondo, who ran this thing that he claims is called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program for the Department of Defense from 2009 to 2017 as to point what he says, I resigned so that I could go ahead and disclose what I know as much as I can. Um, And Congress actually did confirm that the AATIP did exist. They just said, well, it didn't actually expose anything of relevance. Hmm. So Lou Hmm. Elizondo is ex-military XDOD as part of this show going around investigating these videos and, and this kind of stuff, which 100%, if you wanted to be the government and you wanted to make a smoke screen, make it make it weird alien stuff, put it on the History Channel, <laughs> yeah. and that's great smoke screen. Uh-huh. And maybe Lou Elizondo is the ultimate government agent at this point. Maybe he didn't retire at all. He just went dark. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> The History Channel is the most questionable part about all of this. <laughs> the least credible source. I was, That's a I was watching some of those episodes and I'm like, I still want to believe, but I don't know about this History Channel. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is, uh, it is what it is. So I can only leave you guys with a bunch of questions, but I also wanted to leave you with some of the lyrics of my favorite Blink-182 <laughs> song. If you guys want to hit me with a reprise sure. of this, where do we go from here? I'm feeling it. Turn all the lights down low. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. this. Smiling from ear to ear. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. this. <laughs> <laughs> my, my breathing has got too loud. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this. this. Show me the bedroom floor. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. <laughs> Show me the bathroom mirror. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. It. We're taking this way too slow. I'm feeling it. Take me away from here, aliens. <laughs> Feel it. <laughs> and that's it. Um, we did it. That's, man, that's fascinating. And I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but I have one last thing. I think I think it's a ghost. I think they're ghosts. <laughs> it's got to be. Tic-tac ghosts. <laughs> Tom, Tom, if you're out there, Rogers Reed, and his always angry replies and about everything being drums. It's that's not my opinion. I'm in, buddy. I could be the Tom DeLong a story hole. Hey, Please. Joey wants to Tom DeLong. Hey, hey. 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 Yeah. I did it. <laughs> we did it. Hey, Joey, sing us out of here. Smiling for air to air. I'm feeling it. I feel it. It's, it's also funny because the lyrics are I'm feeling this, right? We said I'm feeling it the whole time. It's good enough. I mean, clearly, clearly there's barely any accuracy in anything I've just talked about for the last 40 minutes. We ruined it. Just peddling conspiracy theories. Well, that's that's all I got for you guys. If you want to believe, believe with us at stormhallgmail.com and write us why. <laughs> if you want to look at pictures of UFOs um, or ghosts, you can follow us on Instagram at Storyhole Podcast. And we always love to hear reviews. If you want to give us some stars and do a review over on what what I don't even know what the service is. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> uh, in the illustrious words of Travis Barker. The truth is out there, guys. So uh, feel this or don't. It's up to you. 